0: Hi, I'm Rajra Gupta and I'm the co-founder of GainoVeda.
1: Hi, I'm Vishal Gupta. I'm the founder and CEO of GainoVeda.com.
0: as the world rediscovers the magic of ayurveda for health and wellness entrepreneurs are discovering and creating whole new categories for solving lifestyle as well as chronic diseases through ayurveda and one such startup is gynoveda Gainoveda is approaching women's health concerns with a novel combination of ayurveda and technology and the founders themselves are a novel combination of husband and wife pair of vishal and rachna Stay tuned for insights on how to build and scale a health and wellness T2C brand with a very focused target market.
2: So, uh, let's begin at where the two of you met. And I mean, you're not just co-founders, but uh, you're also... uh, like a husband wife couple. So uh, let's start the story from there.
0: Well,
1: I think, you know, uh, Rach- Rachna and I, we we, ra- we are childhood friends. You know, we went to the same school. We almost went to the same college, which is Mithibai and NM in Mumbai, which is the part of the same campus. And we've been knowing, you know, I mean, each other uh, almost for 47 years uh, since that childhood. Wow. 47 gender. years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in school, while we never knew, obviously that so you, know, you, you guys are like
2: fifty plus today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look <laughs> amazingly young, <laughs> but, incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Both okay. of the both of us are uh, almost touching forty eight. Okay. Uh, uh you know, I think we 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 have been together now, married for twenty two, twenty three years, mm-hmm. and before that, seven years together. So you know, essentially thirty years of relation uh, as uh, husband and wife. Uh, and uh, you know, as founders and co-founders, I think the last uh, uh, four years have been or four five years have been a fabulous uh, journey. I think we have discovered and rediscovered ourselves as individuals and as couple.
2: How did uh, I? Mean, what were your career graphs like? Like once both of you graduated, what, what were you doing in the corporate world? Like, like what sets did you have when you uh, when you got inspired to become founders? Just to understand that. Look,
1: I come from a you know Bania family. I'm the first one in the last five generations that went on to do a job. Uh, all my other, uh, you know, uh, you know, whether father, grandfather, and 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 beyond, they all they had their own businesses. So I started my career by starting my own business, uh, as expected, and uh, did that business for four five years. It was an internet. But- Website uh, uh, development uh, business, you know. Make an agency. Web design agency. agency. In okay.
2: 1996,
1: you know, making website was as cool as ChatGPT GPT today. So, uh, you know, that's what I did. Uh, had a 150-member team. Uh, enjoyed wow. the dot-com boom and the dot-com doom. Graciously closed that company and realized that I need to pick up some skills. Uh, having, you know, to, to, to really build a scalable business. After that, I worked with uh, some of the Sunrise Industries of last 20 years. Uh, BPO was uh, around the corner in 2002. So I became a part of that. After that, I've been a part of uh, online travel agency, a company called Clear trip uh, And after that, I've been a part of Jio. You know, I was a part of Launch Team. i uh, been a part of Aqua.com. In,
2: in what functions? Like sales, marketing?
1: Work. So, well, I think I've played multiple roles. Like, for example, I picked up my operational skills in call center. And uh, global operations is what I picked up in, uh, in, in you know uh, in Sutherland, which was a company I for in Clear trip I worked with uh, uh I worked with you know uh, three or four functions operations, the other one was uh, building the retail chain uh, which we eventually closed down and uh, built the hotel business for Clear trip. so it was business development essentially uh, when I went to geo i I've, I've developed the my Geo app. So I was a business head of that. Uh, having come from the call center, it was about focusing on self-support, self, self support, which is how can you eliminate this whole need of calling up somebody, emailing somebody. So that's the skill of app development that I picked up there. Uh, Aco was, again, as a, as a head of operations, uh, building the initial traction, uh, you know, and bringing things together, being a part of insurance space, uh, being a part of BPO, being a part of travel, and and before that website, you know, all of it, the common theme has been technology and digital. And I couldn't think of anything better in Gainoveda. In, in Gainoveda everything has kind of come together. So being a generalist for all my career, and uh, you know, uh, the the thing I know is how do you really exit? Okay,
2: Rekha, what about you? You know,
0: this is my most favorite part because this is where I completely get to speak from my heart. And <laughs> Vishal said honestly a journey that we've spent uh, together for the last uh, more than 23 years. We both, we have an 18-year-old son. Uh, and, uh, wow. you know, so literally kind of living the entire teenager's world right now. through him. Um, never realized we're going to be life partners, one day turning into business partners. But I think it's extremely grateful and thankful for that. So my qualification has been uh, because a commerce graduate, went on to do my MBA in marketing. Uh, and then spent almost over two decades in the business process outsourcing industry. I worked with very large, uh, you know, women-centric teams, both in my erstwhile organizations, which is IntelliNet and then uh, Consent and Teleperformance. And I think somewhere down the line, very clearly, uh, the women advocate in me was has always been very strong. And little did I know at that point of time that I'm going to do something about it. But I think it was... Always there at the forefront. And uh, I have, you know, spent a lot of time in customer experience, uh, in uh, customer relationship management, mapping the entire user journey together, understanding the nuances of what uh, consumers want, customer satisfaction, uh, how do you build robust uh, transaction, quality monitoring, training, operations, uh, and I think that experience is something that has been, you know, very enriching. Uh, and now, which is, of course, coming in very handy. And, you know, like Vishal said, I think he's always been an uh, intentional entrepreneur because coming from a Banya background, that you know, flew naturally into his genes. I come from a background where it's always been, you know, get a job, do well, throw up the rank. So more like a very skewed uh, and so, you know, at the sound, at the bust of sounding cliched, very clearly, an accident.
2: Uh, uh, who uh, came up with the idea? L- like uh, to do was it? Uh, I mean, you know, there are typically two paths. Someone says, "I want to be a founder," and then they start looking for an idea. And the other uh-huh. path is someone is inspired by an idea, and hence they become a founder. What was it for you guys? It was In our question.
0: case, uh, it was actually both of us arriving at it without having to sit each other down and say, hey, this is what we are going to do uh, for the rest of our life. I think, uh, you know, both of us were in our mid-40s and at the time when we were doing extremely well in our respective careers. When I think something happens, you know, when you're down 40, and a lot of people think it's midlife crisis, but I would like to call it as midlife clarity. I think you realize that there is a lot more uh, meaningful, purposeful thing that you can do but you don't really have you know a very clear idea about what you wants and there was a parallel track running in our lives at that point of time and uh, you know Vishal was dealing with an autoimmune disorder called psoriasis um, for over a decade and he had tried everything what
2: are the symptoms? Uh, I've not heard well, of well you psoriasis.
1: know Akshay then you know, there is a uh, in psoriasis there is skin breakout the skin starts scaling uh in, in a very passionate inflammation. inflammation kind of uh, you know effect. And I was also dealing with asthma, you know. So I think dealt with it, you know, for five, seven, ten years, thanks to the night shift for seven years in BPO space, uh completely ruined my, you know, whole uh, whole health. And I think that's where after trying, you know, several pathies, allopathy, homeopathy, you know, I tumbled upon Ayurveda. And uh, surprisingly, you know, it worked wonders. And it's been now seven, eight, nine years. I've not had a relapse. Uh, And uh, I think that kind of was a tipping point where uh, as a family, we started recognizing that there is something about Ayurveda that works. Having now tried, you know, for seven, eight, nine years, uh, you know, for most of the family members and people around us, in fact, people started asking, you know, that you guys are so passionate about Ayurveda and you keep, uh, you know, advocating about it, uh, why don't you guys do something in that space, you know? And I think in our own small capacity, you know, Rachna and I, one fine morning over Chai Picharcha uh, while, while being on the jobs, you know, we said, why not? I think there was a bigger, there was a pain point. The pain point was every time we wanted to go to an Ayurvedic doctor, we would find it very hard to find one. I said, when you are finding it hard to find one, let's create one. Right? And there are enough and more doctors. So Rajna went out, she searched for, she met like 100 doctors in Mumbai, uh, out of which we personally went and met 30, 40 of them. Eventually found this brilliant, you know, doctor, which rachna you know, in fact in a, is in a better position to talk about uh, and the whole journey of, uh, you know, creating the clinic eventually, which led to creation of Gyna. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So I think I had more uh, doctor contact in my phone. <laughs> then, you know, I had of my family and friends, I think that was the kind of uh, obsession which is needed because, you know, this is literally, like I said, both of us are non-doctors. We had experienced the miraculous power of Ayurveda. And I think in some sense, there was a complete transformation that had happened in our lives, Ashay. Uh, while we had, uh, you know, always believed earlier, in modern medicine but I think what Ayurveda did to us as a family was life change. and so the need to see how that can back uh, to at least our loved ones pretty much the concept started from there that's when I went out I actually pitched to a lot of doctors you know trying to understand that what can we do with them together uh but at the end of the day, they're all doctors at heart, right? So it's not like everybody really wants to start a business, but found this really young, dynamic, I would say almost a prodigy in Ayurveda, um, and convinced him and said, We are going to invest in your clinic. So we engine invested in a clinic in Santa Cruz East in Mumbai. And this was 2018. And this, uh, firsthand, we got to witness the power of Ayurveda getting unleashed even on women's health. Until then, we had seen it also. rises in Vishal's case, we had seen it for diabetes, we had seen it for, you know, lifestyle disorders like asthma, arthritis. But we had not seen anything uh, on women's health. And at the clinic where I think it was a a revelation for us uh, to see what kind of an impact it was doing. Sure, it's fine, but it's a root cause, permanent solution. And that's when I think the aha moment happened. So and,
2: like once you invested, then you would also go sit there, man the reception stuff like that. Like, like that's, that's how right. you right you man the firsthand experience. To the
0: so, yes, right. to the women coming there, really, and young women, right, in in the age group of anywhere between a twenty five to a thirty five, asking them if they come there on their own? Did they come there because their parents pushed them? You know what was the rationale behind coming to Ayurveda? Uh, and, and
2: what problems were they coming with?
0: They were coming with uh, menstrual and reproductive health issues. So PCOS, which is the polycystic ovarian syndrome. They were having issues with irregular periods. They were having issues with fibroids. And most of these issues actually were chronic enough for them to get surgical intervention. And through Ayurveda, they were completely uh, you know, they, it eliminated the need for them to go for any surgery. And it got them back on track anywhere between four to six to nine months, depending on how chronic or severe the problem was. So I think the, um, the belief just intensified to another level. And it also opened up this landscape saying that, you know, all on along we were looking at Ayurveda only for the market, which was already there. It opened up a completely new uh, segment for us, which is women's health. And uh, I think between Vishal and me, we clearly know what our strengths was. So Vishal had worked with theatre, he had worked with digital force, PL uh, e-commerce operations was something that Vishal understood, and I intuitively came from the world of consumer experience, women's health, um, putting sentiments together. So I think uh, that's this is a market that we should not. open, you know, um, you know, there's this famous Maya Angelou quote which I always say that, you know, it, it says I'm interested in women's health because I am I would be a fool not to be on my own side. I think that kind of, you know, took center stage and both of us decided to uh, do something about it. The name Dinoveda wasn't clearly there. But we also realized that we couldn't have a generalist doctor. We need to have a specialist. Uh, and again, back to my search of now finding an Ayurveda gynecologist, uh, which is very rare and few in the country. Again, tumbled upon our third partner, who is Dr. and She's the chief uh the and an MD Ayurveda. Again, went and pitched to her. So I think I've done more pitches to doctors than I've done to investors. <laughs> so take my own
2: stages. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> difficult uh, It's difficult uh, to
0: convince a doctor. It's more easy.
2: Did you have clarity on what you're building? Uh, are you building a product company? I mean, today, of course, you're like a D2C Brand. But at that time, did you think that you will become a product company or you'll open a chain of clinics and experience centers, uh, you know, like say you have this Kaya and all of these, uh, what was like, what was the early vision?
1: Look, I think the vision was very clear that when I looked at, when we Sorry. identified that menstrual related, reproductive system related issues are what is cropping up and we can solve that. I think the number one question was how big is the problem and what is like, you know, in the business parlance, you know, total addressable market. And what was the, what was the quickest way to find it? There were two routes that we took. Number one route that we took was let's find out what is a Google keyword volume. And after having analyzed somewhere close to 24,000 keywords related to menstrual space, we figured out that in the online space alone, that means people who are reachable online through online channels like Facebook, Instagram, social media, Google, and so on, is in the range of 7 to 8 crore women who are already searching or looking for help. The second piece is, you know, we kept reading in media, you know, that, hey, one in every five women have, uh, you know, some of the other issues. And the sample size for ascertaining that used to be like 200 people. They surveyed and they extrapolated that, in a 130 billion uh, 130 crore, you know, population X, Y, Z. So we said, why not do a primary survey? And that led to the birth of the world's first period test. We, uh, in today's parlance, it's called artificial intelligence. We didn't know what is artificial intelligence. We just asked uh, five doctors around us, including Dr. arti Patil, who's now a co-founder, that if a patient walks into your clinic, how do you do prognosis, which means, uh, you know, uh, diagnosing the problem with verbal communication or with other means and not going for a a blood test or any sonography and so on. And she said, I asked these 20 questions. And based on that 20 questions, I'm able to ascertain, you know, whether there is a problem or not. We said, can we convert this human intelligence into artificial intelligence? And that gave birth to the first period test of the world. That period test since 2019 has been tried by 6 lakh women across 40 countries. And uh, we've got one of the largest database in terms of intimate health information. And uh, that kind of ascertained that that's the space we want to be in. It's a large market. It's a big problem we are solving. And uh, we had no clarity as to Oh, you know, uh, we'll go this way. We'll go that way. But we definitely knew we'll not go the
2: clinic route to begin because acid heavy. Hard to find it's acid heavy. Hard to find doctors and
1: uh, difficult to scale. I had done all my life, right from you know my earlier career of de- developing website to doing Clear Trip, which kind of you know scaled very quickly to doing Echo to doing Geo. All of it had one thing in common, which is a digital thread. I said, both Raksana and I said, can we take this online and play this out online where we will educate consumers that this is what Ayurveda can do for you if you have period problem and here is the product, right? And if we just, you know, zoom out a little bit, Akshay, when we talk about marketing and when we talk about building a brand, essentially brands are built by spending money. If the category already exists, say for example, personal care a face wash, if the category exists for that many years, if you're a new brand, you will have to spend money in emerging as a top of the mind brand, right? That means there are 30 other brands, you want to become the top brand, spend some money and emerge to the top. Or it's a non-competing, you know, space, Virgin space, blue ocean, green field. People have a need, but they are not having the demand. That means, hey, you know, Ayurveda's. I to problem. Fix period. That means the need is there, but Ayurveda's a fix. Hota yeh? I not know. Ayurved medicine, take it. Hota I don't know. So, its demand hai. The guy who goes first and creates a category has to convert the need into demand and then eventually have an offering that converts demand into revenue in the case of a category that already exists cut shorted by demand generating into revenue so for us actually the uh, the model was broadly clear that online karenge consumer pass directly jayenge, and that has the second huge advantage apart from scalability is that you get to speak to the consumer directly. And when you're building a category that is wealth, information that you're gathering from the consumer will help you iterate your product, iterate your offering, iterate your various process systems. But if you go B2B, like if you go via a doctor who will in turn dispense the medicine of prescribed, I will never get to meet a consumer. So that was the second piece that was clear to us that we want to directly talk to the consumer. So I think going online, selling it via website, directly talking to the consumer, educating them, these were the things that were clear in 2019. Obviously, we none of us knew that D2C boom will happen. And when we started, we did not even know the word D2C. It's only when we raised money and we became a large, we became a part of Fireside Portfolio Company. Investors educated us. Oh, by the way, guys, this is called B2, b 2 uh This is called D2C. So, yeah, Maybe. I think that's been...
2: Um, so, in the traditional way in which uh, uh, gynecology, uh, like a, a gyno-related problem would be solved is a woman would visit a doctor, the doctor would do prognosis by asking those 20 questions based on which the doctor would uh, come to a conclusion that this is the problem and for every problem there would be a fixed product that would be prescribed along with a frequency and how to consume and whatever other instructions and maybe some lifestyle change instructions etc so all of this could be digitized like uh, the prognosis part of it you could digitize through like a questionnaire, online questionnaire with with an algorithm behind it that is able to arrive at the same conclusion which a human doctor arrives at and then uh, give a recommendation that this is the right product for this duration and these are additional lifestyle changes. So, so that's what you wanted to build, like a digital version of physical consent and selling of the product process.
1: That's correct. I think we went on to build that. It continues to be there on com. And uh, the way we went about uh, bypassing this whole need for going to the doctor was to be able to self. So the whole underlying theme was self care. How do we educate you to know your body really well? Educate you on what is the root cause if you're facing these symptoms? Because, hey, look, I think. And and Rashna can speak a little more about this, but, you know, if my periods haven't come for the last 60 days, right, it's no, I mean, you don't have to diagnose that The A woman can already knows what she wants to know is what is the solution and why is it happening to me? And that's exactly where we said, let's use this model of content to commerce. Let's record the videos explain her why this happened and what she can do about it. And here is the product that can solve a problem. I think that's how in fact a doctor would also. Do. If you go to a doctor and you tell the doctor hey look I am not getting your feelings. Can you help me do that? And you'll help me understand. My doctor may not be able to explain the whole science behind it. We just said can we make this an awesome experience by even explaining science about it. Why this yeah. is happening. And how do you solve it? And how really Ayurveda works? Maybe Rajna can add a little bit of that so, on the community aspect.
0: yeah so,
1: what, what, so I before, to what Vishal
0: uh, We knew we had a product that. works. So the solution was very clearly identified. I think the missing blocks that had to be established at that stage was one: how do you first identify women who are dealing with this, right? Because you don't have an offline setup, so it's not like somebody will just walking into your clinic in an online space uh, with whatever filters and targeting you do, how do you get women to open up about their most intimate health problem, menstrual, reproductive and vaginal health? And I think that's where period test that we built and we had over six lakh like, women who had responded and taken the test. I think that insight was super precious. That insight told us, Everything about, you know, which area to focus on. So clearly PCOS, irregular periods, vaginal infection. These were the three biggest disorders that came out. And we said with a very lean peak and actually just, you know, on the verge of getting funded, where do you really prioritize? And do you want to say, you know, do you want to go make yourself overly thin or do you want to get deep into a problem? How do you convince women that Ayurveda has a problem with Her entire conditioning over the last 20-25 years is that you have to live with it, you have to manage it. So I think we had two big challenges. One is identification of women who are dealing with these disorders. And second is the entire education. Um, You know, the whole idea, awareness, interest, desire, action. Literally, how do you bring that framework out? Uh, And I I remember during our early days, there was no choice but to chat with women. Uh, and that's how actually I started by chatting and along with Dr. Arti Patil and just one team member that we had. And we, today she's still a part, part of our team, uh, 2019. Right? Chatting with women, answering all the uh, rebuttals or questions they had and then somehow convincing them that at least try to karlo. If you don't do natural, side-effects-free. But very quickly yeah. also realized that this is not a scalable model. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, then you're going to build an army of call centers just to get your lead in and conversion. Uh, what that exercise gave us was, again, very deep consumer insight saying, what are the top three or four things which a woman is looking for? And what is the persona of woman that You as a brand, when you're just sitting out, you're going to be talking. So when I say persona, I think very clearly we said, these are going to be women who were aware of their problem. And these are going to be women who also knew that the current treatment that they are taking is harmful and it's, you know, suppressing the problem. It's not treating the problem. We said, let's go after them and let's narrow our education and our content and our website product page to speak to these women so used all the learnings from chat uh, converted them into long-form content brought out doctor-led content and uh, I was very clear at the beginning that they're going to only have real women on camera talk about them so it was very easy to get influencers and just spend money and get women to talk about a problem but I think it would have defeated the authenticity Uh, of the brand and the space especially because these are digestibles you're not applying something externally right so what you consume inside your body has to be something that you know for a fact that you can trust and you know what what is the early signs of progress and only if somebody has taken it she can talk about it Uh, so yeah I think using our you know consumer insights using all the learnings from China uh, sharing it with Vishal, he built the website, he built the initial landing pages, and that's how the journey began. And this was, you know, March one, twenty twenty, is when our e-commerce website went live. You know what happened to the world no? three weeks thereafter.
2: Right, right. Um, one question I had here: so, uh, yeah, what was your uh, product range, or how many SKUs did you launch with? Uh,
0: We had seven SKUs Hmm. Uh, and these were, one was PCOS, the second was irregular periods, the third was vaginal infection, the fourth was for heavy bleeding. Uh, So these were the SKUs that, but we very clearly knew 80% of the women who had PCOS were falling into a category where they were having delayed periods and so we said, let's use
2: the Pareto principle and run after women that we really will be able to make it. Okay, got it. And uh, you did not necessarily need that complex consultative selling process here because these are low-risk medicines. Like there is no risk if somebody self-medicates and has excessive medication or takes the wrong medication and all because it's Ayurveda, so it is fundamentally low-risk as compared to allopathic.
0: So one way I would say, more than lower risk, Actually, I think the, that we were educating everything. Why does the problem happen? How will Ayurveda treat it? And what do you need to do? Right? Medicine, plus diet, plus through webinars and through the community uh, that we built, there was instant unlimited doctor support provided to them. The only difference was you're not physically going to a doctor. You're doing it all through digital channels. And I think because it was COVID, habits had changed, right? Women were already used to doing online consultation, online uh, webinars, attendance. So I think somewhere that phenomena, uh, you know, was something that we were able to leverage even further. And it kind of fitted into their, you know, user behavior of doing things naturally. Uh, essentially, no, the community, community right. replaced oh. the
2: consultative process. So That's, like right. The community would, That's right. Community and content replaced the consultative Absolutely. process. Absolutely.
0: And, and the community mm-hmm. was not built to sell products. The no. community was built to provide value. Every right. single FAQ that the consumer had, we wanted her to get instantaneous response and from a credible source, which is a team of doctors. So I hmm. think the focus was, can we bear the largest, safe, non-judgmental, non invasive space for women to actually just open their heart out. You may not even purchase the product, but you find it easier to speak to a stranger about the vaginal infection you're going through. Yeah. And because you see you being judged when you talk to somebody known. That was the ethos with which we started the community. And uh, today, it, our mode uh, of the business, I'm saying, is you know, the fact that we're building the largest uh, online community on next to
2: Where have you built this, which platform and uh, how?
0: This is is currently hosted on Facebook. It's called Circle of Sisterhood and truly as the name um, denotes, it's truly a sisterhood of women, different age groups, different parts of India, different uh, socioeconomic demographics, but all united in one uh, uh, dream to get freedom from their period problems and truly to become a best version of it.
2: Okay, and how did you build this up? Uh, like, you know, what was the, the way to uh, scale?
0: So the way to scale was when we built it up, I literally had to call up our consumers who had purchased and request and plead them to come to the community because they were like, we had some and I had to literally convince them that what is the benefit that you will get when you join this community. So I think, the, the premise of bringing the first 100 women was obviously, uh, you know, we reaching out to them. What happened was, uh, and at that point of time, Dr. Ardi and I would also very extensively do webinars for women, answer all their questions. So we would, re- you know, similarly, like the session report, the webinar, put it out in the community, more engagement happened. We realized that some women were coming out and talking about the changes they had seen. periods coming back on track overall energy, feeling good, uh, no longer having a problem of, you know, uh, body shaming, body positivity was happening. They were very free to talk about it in the call So I said, okay, let me take a step further. And I requested them to come on camera and I said, would you be okay to share your narrative and just inspire maybe one woman in this world with the narrative, of, if that could make a difference? And surprisingly, they were absolutely okay. There were many women who were not okay because it's still considered taboo. They had to ask their family for permission, but I think the larger picture was the mission was accomplished. um, Did not want to, you know, depend on influencers who had not consumed the product, but truly can our our women from the community become advocates of the brand? And so I think constantly giving to the community what the community wants and not what a brand wants to do, I think has been... uh,
2: How do you uh, weave in commerce into community? There's a a Facebook group. We're chatting with each other, sharing questions, etc. Sharing answers. How does commerce get driven through this? Well, I think, you know, I'll just bridge that, you know.
1: We never actually, like Roshna said, you know, one lakh community members. And uh, it's been three years. Actually, we have never mixed commerce and community. Uh, and that's what Rachna's vision has been uh, that provide women a safe place to open her heart and discuss what she wants but I think that's subtle branding because when you are talking about people's problem and how do you really solve it it is people who are saying that hey you know I had this problem and I took Gaino product and it kind of worked and they are posting their success stories you know by themselves we are not so it's a absolutely user-generated content. And Rachna is the host for that. And she's just facilitating from her heart. You know, uh, she's out there to just help women who are reaching out.
0: And just to enabler that, right, I think my commerce is an outcome uh, of what you do, right? Truly, the input is community building. Revenue, commerce is an outcome. I think what happens is, actually, specifically for Ayurveda, uh, anywhere between four to six to nine months to see results. And so, even when she starts seeing the first sign, um, or if she starts seeing something which she believes could be a side effect, but there is a doctor and a moderator there like us telling her that, hey, this is normal. If this is happening, it's a good sign. It's a sign of detoxification. You know, your toxins are coming out. Her answers uh, are getting addressed. And that is what further leads to the confidence that I'm not alone in this journey. They are with me, uh, which is the with Vida team. I am matched for the women, um, you know, who are going through the same phase. So I think there's a lot of solidarity uh, building that happens. Uh, and that leads to them making a repeat purchase. So to your answer, around commerce, right? It's retention that they purchase the product, they become a part of the community. We do webinars, we talk about women's stories, we appreciate women celebrating their mm-hmm. milestones, um, give them information, it leads to repeat and uh, recurring customer's rate. So that's how the conversation is.
2: Interesting. Uh, this is the first time uh, somebody is telling me that community's core purpose should be retention rather than generation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You said you raised uh, your your initial seed round. I'm guessing when did you raise and how much was that?
1: We raised our seed round in November 2019, and we raised a million dollar then. And subsequently, mm. our that was that was our seed round and the Series A happened, which is a 10 million dollar round in March 2023, very recently, just six months. Mm. Who, who led the seed round? Seed round was led by this wonderful. Or uh, you know uh, venture capital of uh, very very popular firm called fireside ventures uh founder of that is this wonderful person called kavaljeet uh, singh and uh, i mean i mean fireside is known for its investments in mama earth boat uh you know and 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 you know, we were among the first few you know who kind of were able to uh, convince you know kaval and vinay you know who are partners at uh, at at Uh, fireside Mm -hmm. believe and share our vision and invest in us almost like in a pre-revenue pre-product
2: okay amazing and that 1 billion would have helped you in terms of your uh, building your online d2c website and how did you create the inventory of products like like, was it third party manufacturing Uh, and were these like proprietary products who was the ip for it or help me understand you know help me understand the launch like like first March when you launched, what all pieces you put in place for that
1: look I think uh, you know one of the intelli- one of the things that we had by virtue of Dr. Arti Patli being our co-founder and our knowledge partner is that she by that time in her 10 years career she had already treated thousands and thousands of patients so she knew the formulation that works and that doesn't what was missing was a convenient form of product. She was giving the consumers five different products because the formulation that she wanted was not readily available in the market. And that was an innovation guide. Can we combine these 40 herbs to a single pill that works for PCOS? So our initial investment went into iterations in getting the innovation piece. Then came the whole iteration of, now that we've innovated the pill, does it really work? You know, so we iterated on the efficacy part. You know, and That's the reason why today Gainu Veda's products are super efficacious. Uh, is because of the sheer grunt work that happened in the initial day. So we've changed the whole product form from a liquid kadva kada uh, to a pill which is convenient to consume, convenient to ship anywhere in the world. And extremely affordable. So I think that's the initial part. Then the second challenge was, how do you really communicate this well to consumers? And that's where the whole science behind the product page on the website and the video, the carousal, the brand building, a huge portion of investment went into getting the packaging right, uh, getting the whole technology piece right. Now, how do you really communicate on camera, your visual uh, If you go to an agency, the bills are pretty big, you know, and uh, and it takes a lot of time. So we invested heavily in content team internally. The whole equipment, so we built our own studio to be able to dole out the content. Because we were very, uh, we had this vision of being the thought leader in the category that we think. So I think the overall investment went into all those areas, which is uh, the content creation, the product creation, R&D, technology creation. All of this, uh, you know, eventually led to we being able to launch a worthy, you know, offering on March 1st, 2020, you know, which is the reach in website. If there is one thing where the investment of heart and soul and not money that has gone in is actually the community. Because uh, you could make a Facebook group uh, without any cost, but you cannot bring a lakh consumers without really, even if you throw money at it, uh, the people will not. So I think everything other than community has money it and we invested in that. Because we acted frugal and innovations are best done frugal, Or, you know, we did not utilize the whole million dollar in in doing that. In fact, that's my message to, you know, budding entrepreneurs and founders that if you really have something running in your mind, you want to try something, it doesn't take a million dollars. You can actually develop a playbook and then go on to raise money. And that developing of playbook actually needs approximately 50 lakhs less than a crore because that money is actually required for iterating when you fail. So that's been the kind of money that was utilized. The money after
2: that has been all about expansion. Okay. Okay. Uh, One million uh, lasted you for like two years. Uh, uh, The
1: answer answer is yes. I mean, it's only very recently see i think I think the whole focus was uh, Akshay in sustainable business and growing profiting. I think it's a shame uh, i'll be I'll be not looked at in the right light in my banya community if I were to be running a you know a, a, a burning uh, train you know? and I think they would say that humi hai, humi apna business kar you know how do you really justify so much money being raised? I think I've been born and brought up in, in family community that believes in building businesses that last and building businesses that makes profit. So even if we raise money, I think we use the money as if it's our own money. Because end of the day, in return for money, you're giving a part of your company, which is the most expensive thing in the world.
2: What was the attraction like from first March onwards? Like what kind of monthly revenue were you seeing over the next couple of months?
1: Well, I think, you know, the journey of, first of all, in the first year from a zero revenue, we traveled the journey of 7 crores in a year's time. Hmm. Uh, It's, in hindsight, looks like a very sexy story. Uh, But uh, in the first month, which is in March 2020, when we made our first 5 lakh rupee sale, uh, Hmm. you know, we were celebrating and then 23rd, March 2020, COVID happened and everything was shut. Yeah. And we said maybe uh, we are sell, sealed to doom. Uh, but after two months, which is after 23 days of lockdown, then after a month of lockdown, we came back with a big bang. And in the third month, we cranked up like uh, 20 lakhs of revenue, which mounted to 50 lakhs, which took time, some time to mount to 60 lakhs. Eventually, we closed the whole you know, first year with like a 7 crore in revenue. And uh, I think for a company of category building space, uh, that was called good enough traction. That means that's called a product market. fit. That means that your first 10,000 consumers have used your product. They have written a Google review. They have given you feedback whether the product works or not. Are there any side effects? Uh, does the product any show show any signs of long term uh, effects? I think the product market was clear. That it's not hundred consumers that have bought, but it is ten thousand consumers. And that ten thousand consumers in the next year became like a lakh consumer, and today we are sitting at four lakh consumers.
2: Okay, amazing. Um, you, you know, there's this ratio which VCs like to look at which is like the CAC to LTV like customer acquisition cost versus the long term value of the customer like how much would you earn over lifetime what is that ratio like for you like uh, you know
1: our CAC to uh, LTV to CAC ratio the way we look at this is that we take about 7 months to break even on our CAC so our CAC is around 600-700 Anywhere between you know 700 to thousand, based on the kind of product that we are selling, and our LTV over a 18-month period is about 5,000.:
2: Okay. Uh, the, um, is it predictable? Uh, what will be their purchases each month? Well, like, now we have, we have
1: cohorts all the way running from March 2020 till now, so it's fairly a science. Uh, as to how much will that end up in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. But our effort is that how do we improve it by 3x? Hmm. That means when we started and we started selling, say, for example, one of our, uh, you know, product that is a bestseller, which is fertility pills. uh, When we started, we were learning. So the first six months, our LTV wasn't really that great. As we learned, we educated the cohorts And those consumers that we're acquiring knew and they stuck around for a longer time. And then when we understood further and then we implemented changes in the retention journeys and how do you communicate, what do you communicate, it only became better. So I think retention or repeat purchases is a function of how well do you educate your consumers, uh, make them aware about the do's and don'ts, Set clear expectations. I think false expectations never work. Right? I mean, Ayurveda takes time. It starts to show its magic in six months. So we say if you are looking for quick fix and you're expecting things will work in a month's time, you're better off not starting at all. And I think uh, that also we learned over time that set clear expectations. It's okay to have 50 customers versus 200 customers. But those 50 customers will stick around for a longer period of time as compared to 200 customers. Out of that, only
2: five will actually stick. There is this conflict that for a customer, the best possible outcome is that they don't need you anymore. That they turn. And sure. You no,
1: know, I
0: think
1: you and I things. both have a perspective on that. <laughs> right? we I'm sure you're going to come back. It's like exactly like the doctor business, right? Uh, you go to that doctor for X problem and, uh, you know, you get cured, you know, you things get well. Doesn't mean that you're not going to go back to the doctor. You know, you may go back to the doctor after a year. You may not go to the doctor for a year. But after a year, if there is some problem that occurs, that's the first doctor you will
0: and there are two parts um, now to the business, right? One is the curative part, which is very clearly when the disorder gets established and she's looking for a common The other part is wellness. Uh, usme, even if there is a cure, somebody, so just to take an example, pigmentation, right? Because it's so in your face and the whole awkwardness that you have, even if your pigmentation has completely disappeared and your skin is back on track you still aren't worried whether am I going to look the same as earlier or not so I think mindset even if we want to ensure that you know women completely come out of this problem which they do uh, in our case in PCOS in fertility um, in vaginal discharge a phenomenal results. but like Vishal said there is there is your fear or apprehension that what if I don't follow the diet anymore uh, and you know, so you will come out of the problem, but you want to be guilt-free and keep something on a maintenance mode. Whereas wellness as a as a product category works on a very different mindset. So I think what really matters to us actually is one obsession with productivity. I think uh, we leave no stone Our um, Products go through it's extensive clinical trials. There are clinical There are studies which are published in the European Journal of Pharmaceutical and Medical Research. Ipsos has done an extensive consumer study on one of our products for vaginal discharge. Uh, Thousands of open, unfiltered, unadulterated consumer reviews in the communities. Product efficacy is one thing that, you know, we are very, very focused. And the second thing is our, our transparency of what you're consuming. Is known to every individual, so we put it out there in the open uh, on the website. Uh, we mention what to expect every month, uh, and yeah, like you know, there there is I think enough and more problems to be solved.
2: Sorry, uh, what is your uh, product range today? Uh, you uh, originally were only like uh, products for gynecolog- that's gynecological that's yes. problems. Uh, what is it today?
0: So we started off with menstrual health. We have now expanded into four more categories. One is the reproductive health, which is today by far our best uh, category. So menstrual, reproductive. Uh, there is intimate and vaginal wealth. And then there is general wealth, which is your diabetes, thyroid, liver, uh, and you know, we've come up with something for hair fall. Uh, and also in terms of the product reach, we moved from seven products that we launched in 2020. We are right now at about 35 uh, And we have another 13 to 14 products in the roadmap for this uh, financial year. Uh, I think us uh, it's not just about bringing out any product. Right? Very closely we look at, does it fit into our golden circle? Uh, and And then I think the second question that we always answer is just, what is our differentiation? Uh, if the market is huge but we don't have a differentiation, even though it fits into the golden circle, I don't think uh, we apply on time and effort because it's very easy to bring out a product. The hard part starts after that. Uh, is getting your differentiation communication right and finding the audience to not just purchase but repeat the offer.
2: Okay. okay. So you would see yourself as let's say like a modern day version of a Hamdar, which has both uh, products which have some sort of a health use case as well as products which are more lifestyle oriented.
1: Well, I think the way we look at uh, this, uh, you know, Akshay, is that there is this whole uh, life stage from 15 to 55. there are 400 period cycles two pregnancies and there are various life stages and requirements. At some stage, it will be medicine which is required and at some stage, a maintenance product. Our vision is to be able to give everything what a woman needs from the age of 15.
2: What it include I mean, dirty... Uh, like sorry, saying, but,
0: to add, but, I think it's not... We don't look at ourselves only as a product company. I think the larger point is we are a healthcare company, right? D2C is just a medium. And that medium became glorified because of the entire wave around D2C. And plus, because COVID happened, it was a logical uh, medium. Clearly, we are healthcare. So it's a right amalgamation between product, service, uh, content, community.
2: Would you also look at mass market consumer products like say a cream?
0: Uh, if we are very clear that it's going to, the, one, the problem has to be large, uh, and second, like I said, uh, it fits into our golden circle. If it does, and we have a differentiation, I know. Uh, but just because you know a cream is a faster way to acquire, uh, and at least let's just get somebody into your universe of Gyanavida. I don't think uh, that's something that we've done so far. So I think choose the matters wisely. But yeah. Like I said, open to the entire uh, spectrum of 15 to 55 years of age. What all do women need? And making Ayurveda as a first choice. I think that's the bigger one. Uh, it's not just bringing out products, but how do you make sure that she not does not look at Ayurveda as the last choice, but yeah. as the first choice uh, for her problems.
2: Got it, got it. Okay. So, I, I guess, uh, again, I'm just trying to bring in some comparables so that people... Find it easy to understand. So, I would like, say Himalaya, which is uh, like a range of products from yeah. consumer to health and wellness to even medicinal. Okay, got it. Um, is there a, a process or a science behind your decision on which product to launch next? Like you said, you have about half a dozen products in the pipeline, and there are some. I think three dozen odd products or SKUs which are already out there how does that happen?
0: Great so I think uh, the first step is, like I said the community um, what does it give back to us is passive and rich consumer insight, right? so looking at what is a complete wish list coming from all, our consumers and they are the ones who are already using Dino with the products and if they are coming forward and asking for products which means the product is worked so starts with their wish list uh, we then just, at that point of time, we don't eliminate. We just draw out a complete laundry or a bucket uh, It then goes to the golden circle uh, to say, does it fit into Gaino Vida's golden circle of the why, the how and the what. Uh, after that, we do a complete Google keyword search volume analysis to say what is the kind of volume we are seeing on Google as well as on marketplaces and if there is a market. Uh, If the volume is messy, our golden circle has been met. And if our product differentiation is clear, then it goes. Uh, If the volume is great, but we don't understand or can bring out a product there, it dies down. Uh, Or, you know, uh, if we know that fix our golden circle, but there is hardly anybody. And I'll I'll just enumerate this. Uh, So we we some time back uh, a product for premenstrual syndrome. PMS, uh, and very clearly flips into our golden circle, right? So there was a tick there. Warning was massive in terms of what symptoms women were experiencing when they get PMS, mood swings, uh, irritability, fatigue, uh, also period pain. But when we launched the product, it product. We just didn't have any up. And the reason being, uh, Google's keyword research does not necessarily count into intent to buy. She's also possibly looking for home remedies, right? Uh, so we've had a lot of learnings. You know, it's it made a tick in one of the boxes, but it has still not resulted into uh, great revenue or repeat. Or sometimes it's not made a tick here, but it's totally surpassed our expectations. So I think still fine-tuning uh, science or this process, but yes, there is, there is a clear path towards a new product development.
2: Uh, how do you spend your uh, marketing budgets? Like like I'm assuming one part would be in content creation, but what else works for you? Where, where do your marketing dollars go? What have you learned in terms of what's giving you better ROI?
1: Okay, so I, you know, uh, for us, there are two kinds of marketing. One is intent-based marketing and the other one is uh, discovery marketing. Uh, wherever the products are fairly clear where, you know, consumers are searching for example, they go to Google and they search for a problem, it's an intent-based marketing. And that's what uh, happens on Google. Eventually, we follow them on every other media platform, you know, and show them content. If it's a discovery-based uh, product, which is they don't know that either way they can solve this problem, they're not even searching for it, is when we show them content and uh, educate them on Facebook and Instagram. Like and look, I think over the years, we have learned this formula of 4M and an A for us to be effective in our one. The four M's are, first of all, the A is, we need to be clear who's our audience. Uh, Once we are clear about the audience, you know, and what problem they are facing and what, you know, uh, what are they trying to solve, what's their need, what's their want, uh, then the first M is, what is the message you would like to install in their head? The second M is, who's the best messenger to be installing that message? Is it a doctor? Is it, a consumer testimonial, one consumer to the other consumer? Or is it Tapsi Pannu? Like Tapsi Pannu has been our brand ambassador. And, uh, she's done a fabulous job in communicating our message, message to the consumers. So that's the second M, which is the messenger. The third M is what is the medium you're choosing to communicate? Instagram, Facebook, social media, television, newspaper and so on. And the fourth M is multiple times. You know? How many times are you going to show that same message so that it is edged in the mind of consumers so I think this 4M and A you know has constantly
2: kept us focused uh, in in marketing and uh, what would be the split between so you have one is a celebrity endorsement spend uh, with pandu, then you would be spending on Facebook and Instagram and all these platforms and then you would be spending on creating content what's the split of your Budget, See, content
0: depends. creation,
1: you know, takes twenty percent to thirty percent of our budget. Mm-hmm. Content creation is expensive. We have in-house team, we have outsourced teams, and uh, the basic formula is what whatever is the cost of creation of content. At least you need to spend five to seven times uh,
2: promoting the content. I'm promoting the content
1: because what's the fun in creating the content when it will only sit on your and when the, enough and more
2: people have not seen it enough and more times. Interesting. And you host it on your website or on YouTube or on Facebook or like if you make Practically a video. every touch
1: point online. So you will find that video on my website. You will find them on Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube. Uh, and ultimately it is the ROAS, return on ad spend that decides whether, you know, consumers have liked it or not liked it. Look, I think the great part about online channels is, is very pristine, it's very pure, it's very honest. Uh give these online channels a content and give them like a lakh rupees and they show it to ten lakh people, uh people are very, very unforgiving and they are very, very honest. You know, if they don't like something, they will simply swipe up. That's your feed.
2: Yep, 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 yep. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh okay. Now you know what's like? Uh, you raised this uh, ten million uh, round recently. Uh, was this round harder to raise, or was the first round harder to raise? <laughs> uh, what a
1: great question, uh, Akshay! I think the first round was less harder to raise. From our uh, of course, I would both uh, took away our heart and soul, and it was soul crushing experience because after having seen 70 rejections, you still have to smile and be up in your spirit on the 71st uh, pitch because the 71st guy is as much uh, a possibility and doesn't know. And you can't say that I've had 70 rejections. So from a uh, soul-crushing experience, both were equally hard. In the first one, I think it was about Managing your own anxieties, because both Rachana and I had taken this leap of faith together after having the salary addiction for 20 years, uh, to let go that salary addiction for almost one and a half year uh, and then go and pitch. So it was harder on at a very personal level. The second one was harder at a more professional level. You know, we had enough money in the bank. There was no need to really raise money. Funding winter was already there. So it was all about uh, creating the war chest to be able to create a massive machine. Yet, in spite of having three lakh consumers, in spite of having proved the product market fit, we are in the space of category creation. And on top of that, uh, being founders in their middle age, we have some philosophies. if we don't get investor's we don't money, right? So. Uh, we had our own set of rejections, not just in this round, which is a ten million dollar round, but even in the one million dollar round. Because, end of the day, as a couple, we don't want a third guy in the mix who not only screw up the business, will also screw up everything else.
2: Right, right, amazing, amazing. Uh, how do, how does it work as being co-founders and being husband and wife uh, together? You know, how do you make it succeed? To make it succeed,
1: always say wife first. So, in this case, that is <laughs> <laughs>
0: actually as simple that.
2: <laughs> the moment the
0: universal truth is very graciously accepted, I cannot...
2: <laughs>
0: So, I think, uh, like I said, right, it's not like we've never worked with each other. And it wasn't like something we were setting up for, it just happened. And it happened so quickly that Honestly, I don't think it even hit us what we are getting into. Uh, I think, you know, for us, it's our friendship, like literally being friends, being able to tear each other down, um, no sugar sugarcoating, uh, having our back covered by each other. So I think a lot of those things, uh, you know, definitely is what really helped us sail through some of those. I think initially when you work as husband and wife, right? Now, I'm not saying there's a power struggle, but there's literally that need of who who is that primary owner and who's the secondary owner. I think something that if it gets identified and if it gets settled right at the beginning, I think it becomes
2: Like in terms of splitting decision making. For these areas, <laughs> you are the decision maker. For these areas yeah. the decision
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also what happens is that it becomes easier for your stakeholders. Otherwise, even internally, the team is going to be confused, right? They don't know who's, who's really the commander uh, taking the army forward. And so is the case with external stakeholders. So I think for us, what happened was, was. Very clicky, we quickly realized what our strengths are. And let's leverage us. So everything to do with... People, whether it's consumers, whether it's our internal teams, scaling from 14 member to now, you know, more than 100 member team that we have, I think all of that was something that I was, you know, leading from the front because that's been something that's in my, you know, DNA. Have done it for decades, and everything to do with building blocks of the business. When it came to strategy, when it came to putting the funnel together, uh, when it came to SCM, supply chain management, which is a backbone. I think that's something that operations heavy was something we shall hit. But yeah, I think we did go through our fair share of rough edges to say, you know, I know it all. You know, why, uh, why are you telling me this? I, I think that happens, but uh, for not too long. And I think I'm going to give the credit to our age. Yeah, <laughs>
2: our amazing, amazing. Amazing. Our age and age
0: of the marriage.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, What's what's been your learnings as founders and, you know, you are becoming founders after a very long corporate career. You must have got, discovered some insights on how being a founder is different from being in a job and what's the way in which somebody who's currently in the corporate world can prepare themselves to become a founder?
1: Okay, sir. Look, I always wanted to go back to uh, doing my own business. You know, I started that way. Very quickly realized that, you know, I don't have the skills for a scalable business. I need to pick that up. And I did this whole 20-year stint, uh, 15-year stint of doing various jobs and eventually came back. So I think somewhere the hunch, the intuition uh, was always there. But I think during this journey, what I realized is that uh, especially in the last four years, that realization became all the more people. That do not believe the media. They are only telling you the point zero zero one story, which is the success story, so much money raised, so much unicorns done, and so on. That's not the complete story. So my learning and my message would be never, never, never do a startup or your own business when you're doing a job for money. It's not going to last long. You'll get very, very quickly tired. Right? Because the money really comes only after you create value in the business. And value creation takes time. In the first couple of years, you'll only be iterating and money is nowhere in the scene. And if you fail to create value, the money won't follow. So if somebody is getting into this whole game of startup and I want to become a founder for money, uh, you're in for discipline. But if you truly passionately feel about solving a problem and you are able to create a different, the differentiator or solution for which people are willing to pay for is when you end up creating value for stakeholders in the business, stakeholders for consumers. And the last guy who will be, uh, you know, getting value is actually the founder and that. So I think this is the reality check, which media doesn't talk about. So I think the question is to folks who are itching to uh, get into this whole zone, Is that itch because of the whole media hype created? Or is that itch coming from the inner voice? If that itch is coming from the inner voice of being able to solve the problem, very passionate to solve the problem, and willing to put up with very, very modest earning for the first couple of years while you're doing and creating value, then you won't be disappointed. In fact, it will be a very, very gratifying,
2: fulfilling job. That's what I was. Yeah. So, were you able to take home salaries? Uh, like, when you raised your seed round after that? Or, or like, by when did you start taking home salaries?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, we, when we raised, first of all, you know, Rachna and I operated for almost 18 months without any salary when we were all on our own. Mm-hmm. And had no clue that Gaino Vida is in the making. But both of us were very passionate about what we were doing. And what was what lied ahead. When we raised money, a million dollars, we took salaries which were uh paltry salary, you know, it's not even like not, not even worth talking about. It was just because, all right, you know, in the business and we have raised money. Uh, so it's fine to take a little bit of so almost for another 18 months, uh the salaries that we were drawing in the corporate world versus what we were drawing in our own business having raised a million dollar is as good as nothing. So almost three years of grunt and grind uh, without really any promise of that 100 crore dream that every founder dreams. Uh, and if you really do the statistics, how many how many uh, have a net worth of 100 crores, personal net worth of 100 crores in India? It's 0.0016%. So larger message, don't get into this for money, get into this for wealth creation, get into this for value creation, and
2: you'll have to stay committed for 10 years. Mm, okay. And there is a very high
1: chance of failure.
2: Mm, right. What did, uh, What's your top line going to be by end of current financial year?
1: It's 120 right. crores to 150 crores is what we're going to be.
2: Okay. And how much of this will be from online? How much from offline? Right. Have you started offline yet or is it all online?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, this year is a year of Omni channel. We have, based on consumer demand, based on what consumers are telling Rachna in the community, and they are asking for meeting us, meeting our doctors, Taken the first step of starting Kainovida's Vida's clinic in Mumbai. And the first Kainovida Vida clinic is coming up there. Uh, our attempt is to make a playbook uh, out of this one clinic and scale for them. So this would be similar to
2: Patanjali, like Patanjali also has where yeah, you can work in a... meet a doctor.
0: Actually, it's a super speciality uh, clinic. Okay. So it's not going to be a pharmacy count clinic. It is going to be a, a super specialised consultation clinic and I think um, the time pretty much explodes everything else that we have done so far. Uh, And, you know, we ideally should have done this six months earlier, but better late than never. I'm super excited that we are at the right juncture, And I think Akshay traces back to the fact that we never considered ourselves D2C. Very soon we realized we are building a healthcare stack. Uh, And so this was, you know, obviously uh, in the pipeline. It's just that you have to time your milestones right because it's going to be camping semi. Uh, and of course, now, you know, with the CDC funding, the proportion of allocation for technology for, you know, scaling these uh, clinics uh, and essentially, I think just making um Veda the and affordability uh, as as the prime focus, because that will make sure that, you know, to what I said earlier, that it will enable women to make Ayurveda as the first choice and not the last choice.
2: So, You know, I completely understand the need to go the clinic route. Uh, I I think in India, your online has a ceiling. There's only so much you do. You need to be offline. But then you remember you told me the problems of going through the clinic route. In the early days, you invested in a clinic that it's asset heavy, hard to find doctors, hard to scale it up. it's, It's like a very operations heavy kind of a business very different DNA from what you've built so far. Uh, so, you know, what is the way in which you see uh, this being part of the overall organization DNA? How will you make it work?
1: Look, I think our, our objective is to make Kainoveda a Bharat command and make Kainoveda available at every touch point. So there are consumers that are telling us that I'm very comfortable with a virtual a video call. We'll make it available. A consumer is saying that I'm not I want to come and meet you. We want to create that. We want to create an option to chat with us, phone with us, meet us or even to the extent of franchises of Kainoveda, which is other doctors you know latching on to Kainu Veda products. The whole idea is to change lives of a million women by 2030 and for that whether clinic, no clinic, online, All of these are distribution channels and the next seven years is a year of omni-channel. Some will take a longer time, some will scale faster, but end of the day, these are all distribution. Do you have a a
2: target number of clinics that you want to open
1: uh, over the next year or so? Look, I think... uh, This is
2: like too early to...
1: It's too early, but I would say uh, that 100 cities need to have at least one clinic of Ayurveda, And... uh, you know, which, uh, and if it's in Mumbai.
2: Years, like you want to have 100 clinics?
1: Seven years. You know, a seven-year span, like I said, I'm in a broader vision, right? I mean, this seven years may become four years. It all depends on what we learn from our playbook from the first clinic. Uh, it could be done faster. It has to be done slower. But I think our central mission stays the same. Make a difference in women's life. A crore women uh, by
2: 2030. Mm. And this would be like a proper clinic, like a clinic first and not like a pharmacy-led? Uh, like one room inside a pharmacy where a doctor is sitting. Um, okay. It is
1: a it is a full-fledged clinic. It's a three consultation rooms. They have three, four, three to five doctors available all the time. Uh, you can consult them, you can conduct tests and you can buy the medicines. What if uh, someone comes with a problem which is not solved through a Ayurveda medicine? Absolutely fine. We are we are happy to guide because end of the day, our again mission is to make an impact in women's life. So tomorrow I may not be able to solve it, but uh, somebody else able to solve it. I think I think the way we are looking at the clinic is, please come to us, talk to us, we'll guide you, and uh, clinic, and uh, uh, let us understand your problem and provide you the solution. You would. Uh,
2: evaluate success of cleaning based on how much it earns or how much sales of product it generates? Because it would earn through consultation also, right? You would have like a regular... So, so what will you use to evaluate if the clinic model is successful? Like, what is more important to you? Should it be standalone profitable as a service or should it lead to more sales?
1: Look, I think uh, every, you know, I, in the retail world, every catchment area has a as a limit as far as the top line is concerned. So I think has it been able to do justice to that catchment area uh, operationally profitable? And most important metric is percentage of people coming by word of mouth after 18. Because word of mouth happens only when your product and your service is working. So after third year, uh, my Gap to LTV ratio has to be like 10x.
2: Wow. Okay. Very interesting. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at thepodium.in, that's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m in.